Hello and welcome to today's episode of Mythical Storytelling by Shinjan. Today's story is called The Adventures of Papa Curious, Part 1. Before I start though, just as a reminder, if you like the podcast, then please subscribe to it and do share it with your friends and family. And if you really like the podcast, you can now show your support by buying me a coffee. My ID is Shinjan B. Please see the show description for more details. Right, let's start with the story. As I said before, this is part one of The Adventures of Papa Curious. One day, a man of large stature and great activity of mind and body found himself standing alone on a prairie. He thought to himself, How did I come here? Are there no beings on this earth but myself? I must travel and see. I must walk till I find the homes of men. So as soon as his mind was made up, he set out, without knowing where, in search of habitations. No obstacles diverted him from his purpose. Prairies, rivers, woods and storms did not daunt his courage, nor turn him back. After travelling a long time, he came to a wood in which he saw decayed stumps of trees, as if they had been cut in ancient times, but he found no other traces of men. Pursuing his journey, he found more recent marks of the same kind, and later on, he came to fresh traces of human beings. First, their footsteps, and then the wood they had cut, lying in heaps. Continuing on, he emerged towards the dusk from the forest and beheld at a distance a large village of high lodges standing on rising ground. He said to himself, I will arrive there at a run. Off he started with all his speed, and on coming to the first lodge, he jumped over it. Those within the house saw something pass over the top, and then they heard a thump on the ground. What is that? they all said. One came out to see, and finding a stranger, invited him in. He found himself in the presence of an old chief and several men who were seated in the lodge. Meat was set before him, after which the chief asked him where he was going and what his name was. He answered he was in search of adventures and that his name was Papacuis or Grasshopper. The eyes were all fixed upon him. Papacuis said one to another and the laugh went round. Papacuis made a short stay in the village. He was not easy there. The place gave him no opportunity to display his powers. I will be off, he said, and taking with him a young man who had formed a strong attachment for him, who might serve him as a Meshinawa, which translates to an official who bears the pipe. He set out once more on his travels. The two travelled together, and when the young man was fatigued with walking, Papacuris would show him a few tricks, such as leaping over trees or turning around on one leg till he made the dust fly in a cloud around him. In this manner, he very much amused his companion, though at times his performance somewhat alarmed him. One day, they came to a large village where they were well received. 
The people told them that there were a number of Manitos who lived some distance away and who killed all who came into their lodge. The people had many attempts to destroy these Manitos, but the war parties that went out for this purpose were always unsuccessful. I will go and see them, said Papa Curious. The chief of the village warned him of the danger he would run, but finding him resolved, said, Well, if you will go, since you are my guest, I will send twenty warriors with you. Papa Curious thanked him for this. Twenty young men offered themselves for the expedition. They went forward and in a short time caught sight of the lodge of the Manitos. Papagius placed his friend and the warriors near him so they might see all that passed and then he went alone into the lodge. When he entered, he found five horrible-looking Manitos eating. These were the father and four sons. Their appearance was hideous. Their eyes were set so low in their heads as if the Manitos were half-starved. They offered Papakiris part of their meat, but he refused it. What have you come for? asked the old one. Nothing, answered Papakiris. At this, they all stared at him. Do you not wish to wrestle? they all asked. Yes, replied he. A hideous smile passed over their faces. You go, said the others to their eldest brother. Papa Curious and his antagonist were soon clenched in each other's arms. He knew the Manitos' object. They wanted his flesh. But he was prepared for them. Ha ha, they cried, and the dust and dry leaves flew about the wrestlers as if driven by a strong wind. The Manito was strong, but Papa Curious soon found he could master him. He tripped him up and threw him with a giant's force head foremost on a stone, and he fell insensible. The brothers stepped up in quick succession, but Papacurus put his tricks in full play, and soon all the four lay bleeding on the ground. The old Manito got frightened and ran for his life. Papacurus pursued him for sport. Sometimes he was before him, sometimes over his head. Now he would give him a kick, now a push, now a trip, till the Manito was exhausted. Meanwhile, Papakius's friend and the warriors came up crying, Ha ha ha, ha ha ha, Papakius is driving him before him. At length, Papakius threw the Manito to the ground with such force that he lay senseless, and the warriors, carrying him off, laid him with the bodies of his sons and set fire to the hole, consuming them to ashes. Around the lodge, Papa Curious and his friends saw a large number of bones, the remains of the warriors whom the Manitos had slain. Taking three arrows, Papa Curious called upon the Great Spirit, and then, shooting an arrow in the air, he cried, You who are lying down, rise up, or you will be hit. The bones at these words all collected in one place. Again, Papakiris shot another arrow into the air, crying, You who are lying down, rise up, or you will be hit. And each bone drew towards his fellow. Then he shot a third arrow, crying, You who are lying down, 
Rise up or you will be hit. And the bones immediately came together. Flesh came over them, and the warriors, whose remains they were, stood before Papakius alive and well. He led them to the chief of the village, who had been his friend, and gave them up to him. Soon after, the chief with his counsellors came to him, saying, Who is more worthy to rule than you? You alone can defend us. Papakius thanked the chief, but told him, he must set out again in search of further adventures. The chief and the counsellors pressed him to remain, but he was resolved to leave them. And so he told the chief to make his friend ruler while he himself went on his travels. I will come again, said he, sometime and see you. Ho, 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 they all cried. Come back again and see us. He promised that he would and set out alone. After travelling for some time, he came to a large lake, and on looking about he saw an enormous otter on an island. He thought to himself, His skin will make me a fine pouch, and drawing near, he drove an arrow into the otter's side. He waded into the lake, and with some difficulty dragged the carcass ashore. He took out the entrails, but even then, the carcass was so heavy that it was as much as he could do to drag it up a hill overlooking the lake. As soon as he got it into the sunshine, where it was warm, he skinned the otter and threw the carcass away, for he said to himself, The war eagle will come, and then I shall have a chance to get his skin and his feathers to put on my head. Very soon, he heard a noise in the air but he could not see anything. At length, a large eagle dropped, as if from the sky, onto the otter's carcass. Papacuis drew his bow and sent an arrow through the bird's body. The eagle made a dying effort and lifted the carcass up several feet, but it could not disengage its claws, and the weight soon brought the bird down again. Then Papacuis skinned the bird, ground his head, with its feathers, and set out on his journey again. After walking a while, he came to a lake, the water of which came right up to the trees on its banks. He soon saw that the lake had been made by beavers. He took his station at a certain spot to see whether any of the beavers would show themselves. Soon, he saw the head of one peeping out of the water to see who the stranger was. My friend, said Papa Curious, could you not turn me into a beaver like yourself? I do not know, replied the beaver. I will go and ask the others. Soon all the beavers showed their heads above the water and looked to see if Papa Curious was armed. But he had left his bow and arrow in a hollow tree a short distance off. When they were satisfied, they all came near. Can you not? with all your united power. Turn me into a beaver? I wish to live among you, said Papa Curious. Yes, answered the chief. Lie down. And Papa Curious soon found himself changed into one of them. You must make me large, said he, larger than any one of you. Yes, yes, they said. By and by, when we get into the lodge, it shall be done. They all dived into the lake 
and Papakius, passing large heaps of limbs of trees and logs at the bottom, asked the use of them. The beavers answered, They are our winter provisions. When they all got into the lodge, their number was about one hundred. The lodge was large and warm. Now we will make you large, said they, exerting all their power. Will that do? Yes, he answered, for he found he was ten times the size of the largest. You need not go out, said they. We will bring you food into the lodge and you shall be our chief. Very well, answered Papacuus. He thought, I will stay here and go fat at their expense. But very soon a beaver came into the lodge out of breath, crying, We are attacked by the native tribes, all huddled together in great fear. The water began to lower, for the hunters had broken down the dam, and soon the beavers heard them on the roof of the lodge, breaking it in. Out jumped all the beavers and escaped. Papakius tried to follow them, but alas, they had made him so large that he could not creep out at the hole. He called to them to come back, but none answered. He worried himself so much in trying to escape that he looked like a bladder. He could not change himself into a man again, though he heard and understood all the hunters said. One of them put his head in at the top of the lodge. Tiao, he cried. To Tiao, Meshao make. King of the beavers is in. Then they all got at Papacuris and batted in his skull with their clubs. After about seven or eight of them placed his body on poles and carried him home. As he went, he reflected, What will become of me? My ghost or shadow will not die after they get me to their lodges. When the party arrived home, they sent out invitations to a grand feast. The women took Papacuris and led him in the snow to skin him. But as soon as his flesh got cold, his jibi or spirit fled. End of part 1 Come back tomorrow for the part 2 of today's story, The Adventures of Papacuris. Thank you for listening to today's story. As usual, I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. You can contact me on Twitter. My handle is blabberingshin and you can also email me. My ID is iamshinjan at gmail.com. All these details are present in the show description. Don't forget to share and subscribe. And as I said before, if you really like the podcast, you can show your support by buying me a coffee. My ID is shinjanb. So thank you once again. Till next time. Goodbye.